Welcome to the Lucky Let Court Podcast, a Tennis Now production sponsored by Tennis Express. I am your host, Chris Otto, so happy to be with you on day two of Wimbledon. It's about 8 a.m. on Tuesday. We've got one day of tennis in the books at the championships, and boy, was it a special day. We saw, wow, a lot of upsets. Three big names go out. Naomi Osaka falls on the women's side to Yulia Putinseva. And then we saw Alexander Zverev and Stefano Tsitsipas, the number six and seven seeds respectively, both go out and in press. All three were a little bit disheveled, let's say, and a bit heartbroken. So a lot of emotion on day one and some emotion on the high side happened over on court number one where 15-year-old Coco Goff was able to get past Venus Williams in a generational battle of Americans this was a special match, a special moment, one that was heavily anticipated and did not disappoint. It was Coco Goff with the 6-4, 6-4 win over her idol, Venus Williams. The atmosphere was just electric in court number one. Of course, it was the first day of play with the new roof intact. That was pretty special. The crowd was so into this match. Coco Goff performed amazingly, and she had such good positive body language for, for a woman that the the age of 15 to own the stage like that in such a big moment was impressive and what she did afterwards paying respect to Williams making sure that she looked her in the eye at the handshake and told her just how much Venus and of course her sister Serena meant to her career and will always mean to her it was a beautiful moment it showed what kind of a character Coco Goff is just an enjoyable and beautiful special moment on day one so yeah we've had the emotional highs we've had the emotional lows and now we're looking forward to day two the quarter of death will be in effect today we've been talking about this section of the women's singles draw so much seven former grand slam champions in this section including ash barty serena williams angelique kerber and here to break it down with us today is a special friend colleague former professional tennis player Mert Ertunga so psyched that we were able to kind of break down this draw and just so you know we did this on Sunday before we took in day one so we kind of talked a little bit about what we might see on day one so you have to bear with with us a little bit there but um, we were really psyched to be able to preview what is looking like just an enticing section of the women's draw the whole bottom half in fact uh, I'm sorry, the whole top half of the women's draw is pretty electric and it should be great. And also we get the bottom half of the men's draw today with Nadal and Federer in effect. So let's get to that interview and we'll see you on the other side. podcast and I'm very excited for the first time ever to have my good friend Mert Ertunga who we, Mert, we became friends I think three years ago at Wimbledon we sat next to each other and we have now for every year since yes that is correct Chris although I've been a big fan of your writing before that too I must say and mine of yours okay all right <laughs> well we've had the opportunity to do this tournament you know for the last three years kind of together and we're at Roland Garros so um, we have a pretty good rapport so I expect our listeners are going to be in for a real treat to hear the two of the masters in the industry. <laughs> Chris I'm the ready for this. I'm very, I'm, I'm very happy to be here with you. I'm ready. Well let me set the table for you guys. We're sitting outside of Court 18. It is the day before day one of Wimbledon but this podcast is going to is going to air on the day after 
day one of Wimbledon. So it's kind of convoluted and um, it's maybe difficult for you guys to follow along. But once we get started, I think you guys will be okay. I want to talk with Mert, first of all, at, about the qualifying because he was at Roehampton for, I believe, four days, Mert? That's correct. Yes, it was four days. It started Monday and ended Thursday. The first day, just the guys play their first round matches. Then on Tuesday, the, the, the women play their first round matches. And then on uh, Wednesday and Thursday, they play their last two rounds. And it's tennis bonanza from one end to the other. All the, if you've never been to Roehampton, it's basically one big grass field on which a bunch of courts are are fenced in and, and lines are drawn. It, it, it at least feels that way, and it's heavenly for for spectators, although, although not for players. But for spectators, it's great. You can move from one court to the other in a matter of seconds, and uh, you're right there next to the court watching the players close up. It's it's a, it's a very exciting place to be for, for fans. Thank you for that description, because I have not yet been to Roehampton, but I've seen the pictures and it just looks like something that uh, very odd, very peculiar type of setting for qualities. Just, it looks chaotic from a playing standpoint. I couldn't imagine playing there with the, surrounded by all the courts and all the action, but but it, like you said, it seems like a really cool experience for fans get to lounge out and see the players up close and personal. Yeah, for fans, Chris, do you? I don't know if uh, your listeners know this necessarily, but it used to be free. You used to be you used to just be able to walk in and watch it for free. Uh, before uh, before 2017, it's only in 2017 that they started. Uh, after 2017, that they started charging, and it, and even then, this year it was 10 pounds uh, uh, per day. So it's it's not a bad ticket at all if you want to see some world class tennis up close. And and for the players, it's probably a different story because it feels like a, a a club that set up a great a big tournament. I know players sometimes have to wait to even get into the locker room because there are too many of them in there. Wow. It's a it's limited. Uh, space for players but uh, for spectators like I said it's uh, it's heavenly well tell me a little bit about some of the players you saw some of the highlights because it's always a good time to talk about the qualifiers now week one they're going to take center stage with you know week two we usually narrow down the focus and we're talking about a lot bigger names and maybe who knows there will be one qualifier that makes it through to Manic Monday and if that does happen what are some of the players you think they're in real good form getting through qualies well you know one qualifier that has gotten a lot of attention is, is Corey Goff who, uh, who who beat the first round uh, the the first top seed Bolsova in the first round and then beat a very informed player great minute in the last round of qualifying so she made a lot of noise and she's making a lot of noise too by the time we you know your listeners listen to this she will have played her match so we'll see but just to just to advance the idea that the players in qualifying do get to make their do get to have their 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 moments of fame through the qualifying depending on their on their performance you know and, and it's a very deep field you're talking about uh, uh, almost 200 players within the 100 to 200 ranking range yeah, in, in both WTA and ATP so you get to watch world-class tennis right in front of you uh, just to give you an example in the man's draw uh, Nicolas Mahou did not make it to the main draw he got no. eliminated and you have a, you had a, you had a guy like for example Yuichi Sugita Japanese guy who right. won a grass court event just 2 years ago the, the ATP grass court tournament in Antalya and and he had to qualify now granted he made it he's in the main draw but but he had to qualify so you get you get to watch uh, excellent tennis all the way through I mean, if i'm not mistaken it'll be Sugita against Nadal Yes, his first round opponent is Nadal. Now I don't expect him to uh, to to uh, to give a lot of trouble to Nadal because of a game matchup uh, problem. But but Sugita would have been a very dangerous first first round opponent for 
for most other players, and I'm sure they did not want to see his his name right next to theirs. And then and then you had some other players who've uh, who've had, who've done well in the past. Take for example Romanian uh, Anna Bogdan. Mm -hmm. um, she played. A, I watched her second round the qualifying match against uh, against Pemra Özgen, who's who plays. Um, with high topspin, slice, uh, drop shots, serving, you know, the, 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 the different spins on serve. So she had an awkward game, which gave Bogdan a lot of trouble, but she got through that, 7-6, 7-5. And then the next round, uh, she, she ends up playing uh, Buskova, uh, I believe, and, and Buskova is a good game matchup for her, and she just blew her off the court, 6-3, 6-1. And now Bogdan is going to end up playing, uh, you know, she's playing, uh, uh, she's got a first round, she's playing Conta. You know, oh. that's of course. You know, on paper, Conte is the big favorite. But, but, you know, again, on, on this is one of the first intriguing first round matches in in uh, in the women's draw. You have Anna Bogdan playing Conte. Most people, most casual fans, may write Conte as the winner on, in that one. But Bogdan looked very good in the last round of qualifying. So, plus what the the the, the advantage of qualifiers is that they come into this and they come into Monday or Tuesday with already three matches recently under their belt at, on grass. Yep. So they come mentally ready to play their first or second round. The problem with qualifiers is when they advance a lot. If they, they, end, if they, they can end up winning, exactly. potentially a second or third exactly. round tilt. If, if, if one of them makes it to the second week, for example, they'll be fatigued by them. But for first or second round, they're very dangerous. Mm -hmm. How about the, a name that sticks out for me as a qualifier that made it through? Alexei Popperin of Australia. Um, a lot of people talking a lot about his game. A little bit flashy, maybe suited for grass. Did, uh, any thoughts on him? Yes, very dangerous player. Excellent uh, talent. Uh, he's got a big serve, big shots. He can slice his backhand and hit the backhand. He's got a terrific in my opinion underrated backhand down the line acceleration mm -hmm. and uh, and he's not afraid to come to the net either he gets that short ball and he's he's up at the net and he's got decent technique at the net i uh, I, I was very impressed with him i watched two of his three matches and uh and also um pat cash is, uh, pat is, cash is, is doing is, work with is, him is, do, is doing work with him and uh and i and i think it, you know maybe on the mental side i don't know he he, he may get down on him, on himself some but uh, he's he's a very promising player. I would, uh, you know, as a coach, you want to work with a player like that, athletic, tall, you know, big weapons, and uh, and he and he got through three matches uh, quite efficiently. One of them was, you know, his last round was a four setter with three tiebreakers, a tough one. Wow. But nevertheless, he, here he is, and uh, he's he's he, he's a player to to watch. Mm -hmm. And let's circle back and let's talk a little about. A bit about Coco Goff. We don't know what's going to happen with her when she faces Venus Williams on Monday. That's going to be a match that everybody has their eyes on. But, but whether or not she w gets through that match or what kind of performance she puts forth, what can you make of this young talent who is now the youngest qualifier in Wimbledon history? Yes, you know I get apprehensive when uh, someone that young makes that many headlines or or news flashes. Sure. Sure. Uh, because we've we've seen this in the past where they where where they don't necessarily or or there's an unintentional pressure built on the player and after they have a wonderful span of say two or three months or even one tournament they struggle afterwards because all of a sudden they get attention and they're expected to 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 win a match or two in bigger tournaments yeah so i get apprehensive nonetheless uh she's got all the ingredients that a great player can have, you know, in, in, in terms of our game. In fact, uh, you know, she, many people have compared her to, to a young Venus Williams herself. And, yes. uh, 
and uh, she's got the same type of. Um, In fact, uh, Serena weapons. did that yesterday. Yes, Serena did that herself yesterday. And uh, and and and, I, and by the way, I after she beat Great Mina six one six one in the final round of qualifying. I, I saw the, some of the first set, then I had to leave for another match, and then I, I came back, and you know I was rushing to that court, and I hear all of a sudden that the match is over, mm-hmm. and I see <laughs> players come over, and couple of the players in qualifying that that I know well on the women's side, they I, I saw them, and I go, oh my gosh, this uh, it's already over, and they were saying you you, you wouldn't have believed it, a, a 15 year old uh, a player should not be playing like that. That's yeah. what they said, and uh, you know so. So everyone was impressed. It's absolutely fascinating because I can remember sitting in this exact spot last year watching Coco Goff play the juniors. She was stopped in the quarterfinals, and you know a lot of people were expecting, well, she should just breeze through this junior draw and win it. It's not that easy on the junior level. It certainly isn't that easy on the pro level. No, but she's made a nice transition to get through qualies. You are right. And and who won the juniors last year? Do you remember? Iga Smith, right. who's, who's also right. made who's, quite she's, a bit she's, of a splash. She's, she's she's awesome. So it's not an easy feat to. Uh, to win the juniors event to begin with. Yeah, and it's funny because I remember talking with Coco Goff last year and how when I asked her about if she feels like she's ready to kind of try her try her game at the pro level, she was so eager to do it and she just said she felt she was ready and it made me kind of kind of wonder like is she really ready? But she's proven this year that she's up for the task, at least at least competing at this level. Well, you know, at the, the, most of the time when, when players are young, they're, they're excited to, fearless. to, they're fearless, they're excited. It's usually when they all of a sudden start getting a lot of attention that they start thinking, oh my gosh, okay, well, am I expected to do this every single time? And then maybe there's some pressure that they're not used to that they're going to have to face. But some players handle it well, some players don't. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, that's, a, that's a box that needs to be opened and we'll find out how she handles it. Yeah, for sure. That'll be exciting to, um, to c- continue to watch her progress. Okay, so today, Tuesday's a big day at Wimbledon because we see the opening of the mega death quarter of, of women's death. Yes. That's, what, uh, that's my uh, stupid nickname for it right now. Mega Chris, death I'll, quarter of death or something like that. Can I, can I add a second stupid <laughs> name? I'm going to call another section mega death uh, what, what should I say? Around the f- round, fourth round section, which is at the bottom of that same half. Yes. You know, I mean, we, we'll talk about the uh, the, the quarter you just uh, mega. What do you? What did you call uh, it? Mega death quarter of death. Mega death quarter of death. <laughs> that's right, and that's that's a, that's an incredible quarter. And then there's the last 16 players down in that same half of the draw. That's also another uh, right. mega death uh, round of 16. Just death. To, <laughs> just to break it down for listeners, seven. Former Grand Slam champions in the top quarter, which consists of Ash Barty, Garbina Muguruza, Serena Williams, you name it. And then another two former Grand Slam champions in the same half down in that lower quarter that Mert is referring to. So let's break it down a little bit. Um, This is something that a lot of us are going to be talking about throughout the first week. What are the chances that Ash Barty can make her way through this complicated draw? What are we going to see from Serena Williams? Maria Sharapova is making her comeback here. There's so many storylines. Where do you start? And then there's somewhere in there, there's Van Uyt. Vank, well, yeah. who was oh, a, yeah. who, who did very well last year here, there's, and she's playing Kuznetsova first round. Uh, exactly, who's a, who's a, who's a previ- you know ex uh, major winner, and then you got uh, Allison Risk, who's a very dangerous uh, good point uh, grass court player. She's playing Donna Vekic. Johanna Conta's down there as well. Johanna Conta down there, and she's playing. Uh, she, uh, uh, Johanna Conta is at the bottom. You're right. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I drifted the, to the mega death half of death. Yes. <laughs> So I'm still sticking with the top <laughs> quarter for now, Megadeth quarter oh, okay, of okay. death. And, um, and then there's, uh, you know, you got Samantha Stoser there, and you got yeah. Sharapova, 
who are who's unseated. And then you have Tatiana Marina Maria, who's unseated. She has to play Kerber yeah. first round. So Very the, the, talented grass quarter. It's an incredible quarter. You know what, what I find a li- uh, uh, ironic in that quarter is that uh, Serena Williams, for being in that quarter, in that tough a quarter, actually has five qualifiers in her section of first two rounds. In her first mini section. Round, in her yep. mini section. Okay. So she's playing a qualifier first round. Then she will uh, play the winner of Pliskova and Yuvon and other Christina qualifying. Pliskova, that is. Christina Pliskova, that is. That's correct. And Yuvon. Uh, then there's an, there, there are a couple more qualifiers. And then and then uh, Yulia Gor, you know, Gerges is uh, is the is the seeded player that she could pay she could possibly face round three. So for as tough a quarter as that quarter is, Serena actually has a draw that can kind of play her into form mm-hmm. by the she, time by the time she gets the second or third she, round yeah right you're so you're saying she could potentially find her gallop mode by the third round and maybe be in good shape to possibly contest this quarter and come out of it yes exactly I mean, my, my personal pick and i say this very apprehensively because of, because of how loaded this quarter is my personal pick is barty but you know you got serena who's going to just like you say she could uh, find her rhythm and then she gets and then eventually she'll have to face i believe Kerb, uh, not Kerber, Kerber in fourth round. Fourth round of sixteen, she slated. If, if the if, seeds hold, that's right. If the seeds hold, and then she, and then she would have to face Barty in the quarters. You know, if the seeds hold once again, which would be three the, tough, tough rounds to get through. Tough. And then with, if she, whoever gets through there is going to have some difficulty. Probably, you know, going to really have to catch their breath. And yes, so it's 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 one of these things where there's a there's a little bit of a um, um, a contrast, right? There's a bit of a contradiction because you can say okay whoever makes it through that quarters should win the tournament but at the same time you can say whoever makes it through that quarters will be exhausted right you know so and then look this is how loaded this quarter is we've been talking here for the last four or five minutes now about this quarter and we haven't even mentioned this first round Pavlyuchenkova versus Benchich I know another good one eh? that's a first round match in that same quarter yeah I've seen Pavlyuchenkova do some damage on here I think it was might have been 2016 or 17 where she was in the quarterfinal against Serena. She's had some success out I here. I believe it was 2016, perhaps. Yeah. I, I can't be sure. You yes. guys, you guys can look that up on on your own time. We're going to exactly. give you some homework here, but but yeah, I mean, is there any other things you want to say about this quarter? Are there any things you're really particularly excited about? Kerber's form has obviously been pretty good. She was in the final yesterday at Eastbourne. Uh, Petra Kvitova is a real huge unknown. In fact. I don't even know if she's going to be able to play her first match. She didn't seem fully confident that her her injured left arm was going to hold up, but I sure hope that it does. It does, but and she does have a first tough first round too. On Jabeur, who can right. uh, who can give uh, who can give a lot of top players trouble on a, on a good day. And again, now now we're now we've moved down to that uh, bottom half of the half. Okay. Uh, you know where we're talking about this the slot forty nine through sixty four, where Sloane Stevens is the ninth seed and Petra Kvitova is the sixth seed. And in there, you also have Amanda Anisimova. Yeah. And you got Joe Conta, and uh, and you know, and look at the, look at who they have to play first round. The Conta has to play Anna Bogdan, an informed player coming from qualifying, mm-hmm. and Anisimova has to play Kerstia, Sorana Kerstia. Could be so interesting. Those, you know, those those are not easy first rounds. And then in there you have Diachenko versus Mladenovic, two unseeded players. That's a that's a terrific yeah. first round, if you ask me. I would love to see that match. And uh, and the winner of that match will go will go to Jaber and Kvitova. So that that's also a loaded sixteen a, a slot of sixteen players right there. And uh, boy, this top top half of the draw is. Uh, 
is uh, it's is fun. something. It is really exciting. And, and circling back to Anisimova, 17 years old, eight and two at the majors this season. Round of 16 Australia, semifinal Roland Garros. What is going on with this player? Why is she doing so well? And you would think, and and, and I'm almost inclined to say that she she might love playing here. You know, because of her because of her playing style. Yeah. You know, so so I'm 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 actually to the point where I'm expecting her to do well. At here. least you know, yeah, maybe at least get through a few I, rounds. I just talked about putting undue pressure on young players, and here <laughs> I am, you know, saying that uh, that uh, I'm expecting Anisimova to do well. But but I, that's that's what this year has brought to the table from uh, from her end of the court. You know, the, the, the she 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 can accelerate balls on grass. And I'm just wondering how she will handle, you know, how she will handle returning, for example. That's yep. that's a question. Cause and defending, which and is defending. maybe if there's a weak spot in her game, it might be that. Exactly. And I think she will be tested early on her defending. Yeah. You know, with, with Kirstia, for example, she will be tested early on her defending. So we will we will see. Yeah. This is really exciting. Yeah, we haven't even mentioned uh, fourth seeded Kiki Burton's also in the in this half. Oh my gosh! Yes, in the lower right. quarter of this half, and she had a pretty decent grass season. Was seven and two. Made you know won some matches at both tournaments she played. Looking to rebound from a really unfortunate illness that set her out of Roland Garros where many people yes. thought she might be able to win that tournament. Yes, that was unfortunate. I, I, I completely agree with you. That was devastating, actually. Probably the most devastating news of the first week at Roland Garros. Mm-hmm. And, 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 then, and then also in her little section, uh, there, there are other uh, good, uh, good first-round matchups too. For example, um, there's Petkovic versus Nicolescu. And look at this one. There's Strikova. Barbara Strikova, unseated, playing Lesia Tsurenko, first round. Mm. There's another good uh, mm. first round This is match, what so. I love about you, Mert, is that you have your eyes on all the players. You you are very um, very fair and have a great knowledge of the whole draw, and you could tell us things about these some of these players that a lot of casual fans have not yeah. even, even seen one match of. Yeah. You're always watching. <laughs> thank, thank you, Chris. With that <laughs> champagne, I promise yeah. you. I will. Oh, wait, are we still on? Okay, yeah, so yeah, we'll, we'll do the champagne later. <laughs> okay. But no, that's true. I mean, for, for those of you who don't follow Mert, he writes for Tennis Dunyasi, which is a Turkish site, and he writes for Tennis with an Accent, and he's also... A Davis Cup player. You were Turkish number one or number two? Right? Long time ago. This okay. Is, this okay. is late but 80s. Was it number one or number two? Late 80s, early 90s. I was number one. Yeah, a couple of years in Turkey, and I played Davis Cup uh, those those two years in a row. And I, the, the bigger honor for me was captain in the Davis Cup team three years later. So wow. yes, it's uh, it, yeah, it's it's been a while, but probably my best moments as a tennis player. And that is so cool. And who would think that, that little old me would come to Wimbledon and sit in a desk next to a former Davis Cup captain. Okay. That is so cool. Okay. Oh, come Enough. on. All right. He's, he's a little bit embarrassed by, <laughs> by his career, unfortunately. But we'll talk more about that a little bit later. Okay. Last thing we want to talk about previewing day two at Wimbledon is the bottom half of the men's draw featuring yes. a certain Spaniard left-hander by the name of Rafael Nadal among other players any thoughts on this section and what we might see down there well in this section I actually like Dominic team's draw you know and, and I know you're gonna tell me wait a minute he's Sam playing Quarry Sam Quarry first, first yeah. round yes he is playing Sam Quarry first round and 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 furthermore you know after the first round he might face Christian Guerin who's, who's had a decent year but I'm looking at, you know, if he gets past the first round, San Quarry is dangerous, and I totally understand that. But if he does get past him, I like his draw all the way to 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 fourth round, actually. Uh, you know, the other seeded players in his in his in his little section there are Las Logere, Gilles Simon, and Fabio Fognini, who who are not bad players, but uh, but I, I just think that for Dominique to make a splash on grass. 
this is the opportunity right here. Okay. And and then he would face, he would eventually face if seats hold, he would eventually face Rafa in the in the quarterfinals. And mm. you know they played a terrific hardcore slam match. That's right? for Five sure. Five sets. That's for sure. They played. The US they, Open. He just gave him. He just gave Rafa, a, in my opinion, a tough test on clay. Although the last two sets were six-one, six-one in the final of the French <laughs> Open. The first two sets, he gave him a tough test. Yeah, even and, tougher than expected. Yeah, and I would like to see. I would like to see how he does against Rafa in the, in the, on grass. Mm -hmm. And and I would be, in fact, if the seeds do hold, that's the match that that really fascinates me in the in the second okay. in the second week. If Dominic has to play Rafa. Yeah, and you know, Dominic uh, really impressed me three years ago. I think it was when he won Stuttgart. He beat Federer in that final. Am I correct? That's correct. And and I really thought we could potentially expect big things from him on the grass, and it hasn't panned out. Maybe you're right. Maybe this is the year that he starts to settle in on the surface. Sure. He's, I mean, surely he's been working on it each year. That's right. That's right. And, and who, who we didn't expect that he would give Rafa much trouble when he when he took him to the fifth set. Uh, you know, extended fifth set and uh, at the uh, at um, at the U.S. At Open the US last Open. year. That's right. So you know, the, I think I think his his game made incredible strides on and, the other surfaces. Yeah, on the other surfaces, and we and we have to expect that his serve has improved certainly. I mean, his wide serve is is is, is great. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, and and Rafa, of course, will have to pay. Will have to face. If he wants for his first round, I mean, I hate to say, okay, in the second round, third round, such and such player will face such and such player because that's that's the, that's assuming that they win their first round. But again, if seeds hold, mm -hmm. you know, if he wins his first round, he'll have to pay, face the winner of Nick Kyrgios and Jordan mm, Thompson. Yeah. You know, that'll that'll be an interesting. That would one. certainly be a grudge match. No love lost between those no, two after what no. happened in Acapulco and after the way that Kyrgios continues to behave in public. He like he likes to get everybody against him. He likes to rile people against him, and I think yes, he does. He doesn't he doesn't hide his words even when speaking about other players. You're right about that. Yeah, that would be uh, wow. That would be the match of the yes. second round. I hate, I hate to say it. But. No, the, no, I agree. And then there's that little section right above them with Shapovalov and Songa, and you would think that although Shapovalov is the seeded player, that Songa would come out of there. So, I see it that way as well. So, so you know, you would have Rafa in the third round playing Songa if he makes it through the first two rounds, if that if that situation holds. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's not an easy draw for, mm. for, for Rafa by him. There's no easy draws anyway in the, in the majors, but we're talking, of course, relatively, right? Right. I mean, you know, we're, and, and, and Marin Cilic is also on, in his uh, little uh, section. There's Bas Basilashvili. And then there are three British guys in that little section with, with Cilic and Basilashvili. Paul Jubb, Daniel Evans, James Ward, mm -hmm. who, um, who on a given day, I guess, uh, could give anyone trouble. But we'll, we will see. I mean, they're playing in front of their crowd. So we, we should. We, I, I do think that a British player always has a chance at yeah. Wimbledon. You know, I, I can uh, see that. Unless I, they're great underdogs. I can see, you know, we talk about Nadal's draw potentially being brutal. And I think if the players that are supposed to win do win, if... if Kyrgios gets through to the second round if it is indeed Sanga in the third round and then if it is Chilich out there in the round of 16 those are three really tough matches sure. for Nadal to get to the quarterfinals sure. uh, I think sure. he can pass all those tests for sure in fact I was just out watching him and I thought he looked he just looks very comfortable on the surface very relaxed right yes. now I think he's gonna he and he was so good last year he really if you think about it he was one or two points from exactly the title. exactly from the we can almost say from the title right, right. You know, almost yeah, whatever yeah. would happen against Anderson right. I, mean, I mean that's a little fair to Kevin sure. unfair rather it's uh, that's why I said the is. word almost because I appreciate that you know it's not uh, it's not a given by any means 
so yeah, Roger Federer also in this section. So I mean, yes. interesting how we talk so much about who's going to get seated second in this tournament, and it's and in the end, it's Nadal and Federer that are going to have to play the semifinals. So nobody draw the short straw of having to face Djokovic in his half, which is good for both of them. Yes. Who is it better for, Nadal or Federer, that this mat this this semifinal matchup, if it ever hypothetically happens? Well, the, the, it would be it would be Roger's chance to chance to beat uh, Nadal because it's his favorite surface, and it's probably Rafa's least favorite surface on paper, at least. You know, we can say that comfortably, I believe. Yes. Uh, the, whether we're a fan of them or not, and uh, that would be a, a great semifinal match. And we haven't had a Roger versus Rafa match on grass since 2008. Since that legendary, since that uh, fateful final, yeah, right? since that legendary final. So what a what a I mean what a matchup that would be. And you know what, um, Chris, I uh, I'm gonna make this as a general comment. I if you if you had to, if you you know if you force me to make a semifinal pick here, that's the semifinal pick that I'm gonna make because you know we keep saying we we want to see new well we would like to see new get new names. The big three always uh, win everything. Maybe someone can finally come through. But, you know, we said that before Roland Garros, and what happened? Yeah. The big three were in the semifinals yeah. almost almost like, like a promenade at the, at the park. You know, they amazing, lost a total yeah. of two sets reaching the semifinals. So they're that far better than everyone else. So if you want to make a safe bet, you make the bet Roger, Rafa in the semifinals. Yep. And Roger's... Um, I'm sorry. I didn't no, no. Rogers, Rogers section here to me looks like, and I and I'll say the same thing for Rogers that I said for Serena and on the on the women's side. His little section here could very much put him in the, um, you know, could very much get his gear uh, going, and he could shift to, to to higher gears as the as the rounds go by. He's got to play Lloyd Harris, and then he plays the winner of Jay Clark and 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 uh, Noah Rubin, and then he's got the if he makes it through those. Probably Luca Pui, and I'm saying probably because Pui is playing Gasquet first round. But yep. uh, he would have to play Luca Pui, which would be the, which would be a test. Be you a know, Pui is a good player, so that that'll be a challenge. And then there's Matteo Berrettini, who's who's raised a lot of eyebrows this, this has, year so far. Winning, I, winning I, Stuttgart without dropping serve. Exactly, I, I like Berrettini. He can he returns well. He returns well on grass too. So that'll be a, that'll be a challenge for Roger. But it's the kind of challenge that Roger can get through and feel better about his game. You yeah. see, as the as the round goes by, mm -hmm. and then there's of course in, in the upper uh, section, right above Roger's section, there's John Isner, Struff, Alex De Minor, and Kei Nishikori. And so one player will come out of that section to face Roger in the quarterfinals, yeah. right? If if I'm not wrong. So this is a, this is actually a. a uh, I don't want to say you know again I'm not using the word easy, but this is the kind of draw that Roger could use. To, to, to move into a full stride mode by the time he gets to the semifinals. Yeah, I can see that happening as well. And, and, and another question mark about Nishikori is, is, is he going to suffer from the same syndrome he suffers almost every major, which is, you know, he ends up losing in the late rounds, not because he played a bad match or a good match, but because he played so many sets in the earlier yeah. rounds. You know, I yeah. mean, he, he, it's important for him to get through the first few rounds in less than four or five sets. It would be nice. And, you know, I, I have liked his game on grass. He was a quarterfinalist last year. Yes. had to go up against Djokovic. That was unfortunate for him. Um, 
Tiago Montero first round. Looks like an executable draw for him. Jimmy is really good on grass. I'm not having the best season, but that no. would be a fun third rounder. You know, there's would. some nice matchups in this there's, section. Jan Leonard Struff also in there. No, it's not. It's not a bad. Uh, Struff is is the player to watch here because because of uh, the strides that he's made over the last 12 months, and and I believe his his game uh, suits well with grass and and that would that would that's the player that I'm watching close, the the most. Uh, closely in this in this little section right here but uh, but but going back to Nishikori in my opinion Nishikori is a player who can always play a good match and beat one of the elite players yeah. in men's tennis the, again the question is by the time he gets to play those elite players how will he have will enough he gas be? in the tank always the same question with okay mm. amazing so Mert, I'm going to let you go. We got some work to do, and I hopefully we'll be able to spend more time with you over the course of this fortnight. But before we say goodbye, uh, plug your Twitter. Tell us who you're writing for these next few weeks so our listeners can catch up with you and read some of your stuff. Yeah, I will be writing for uh, Tennis with an Accent, uh, a, web, a website in America, and uh, and I will be also writing for Tennis Dunyasi, which is the largest circulating monthly publication in uh, in Turkey. So it's just you know two publications in two different languages but uh, it's fun it's keeping and, you busy and 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 the good thing about the, about the the, um, the distinction between the two is i get to write more general commentary articles for tennis dunyasi and i get to write more match analysis type of articles for tennis with an accent which i personally enjoy more mm -hmm. you know so so it's a good it's a good mix i don't uh, i don't have to write the same thing twice in other words it's it it, it allows me to to look at it from various angles, and then of course, m my biggest pleasure is to is to read uh, what's published on Tennis Now and by this <laughs> man by the name of uh, Chris Otto. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Mert. What's your Twitter? We got to get people following you on Twitter. Yes. Okay. So I, uh, my Twitter is Mertovs, T Desk, uh, and uh, and where that comes from is I have my own little blog that's called Mertovs Tennis Desk. Mm -hmm. So instead of tennis, I just abbreviated to T. So Mertovs T Desk. Okay, M-E-R-T-O-V-T-Desk. M-E-R-T-O-V-S-T-Desk. That's correct. M-E-R-T-O-V-S-T-Desk. Perfect. Thanks, Mert, for, for stopping by, and let's do it again later in the week. Thank you very much. This edition of the Lucky Let Court podcast is a wrap. Special thanks to Mert Urtunga. We hope to be hearing from him several times throughout the fortnight. Always appreciate his observations on the tennis. That's going to be it for today. I want to let you guys know you can find us on iTunes, and we'd love it if you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Just open your Apple Podcasts app, type in Lucky Letcord Podcast, and voila, you're there. You guys can also find this podcast on Stitcher, on Spotify, Google Play, or anywhere else that you listen to your podcast. You can find this podcast on our, pod, our podcast homepage at podomatic.com. You could also find Tennis Now on the web at www.tennisnow.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash tennis now. You find us on Twitter at tennis underscore now. And you can find me around the grounds at Wimbledon. Day two is upon us. Enjoy the tennis. We'll talk to you tomorrow.